Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing today? I'm here on a bleak Sunday morning with Matt and Alan. How are you? Yeah, very well, mate. Uh, we had a great little day out at the Stoop yesterday and managed to get the Glasgow game in afterwards. So, yeah, feeling a bit sore-headed today, but yeah, not doing too badly. Uh, yeah, great to be here. As always, <laughs> bloody love it. Yeah, it was a um, a long day, a long afternoon yesterday after the games yesterday at the bar. It was good for us, though. Great day at the stoop and a uh, great victory for Edinburgh. Um, we've got some really interesting stuff to talk about, not least the uh, the European results for Edinburgh and Glasgow. Um, and as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. Get the podcast on the Acast podcast app or on the iTunes um, store. Um, and if you are on iTunes, we've had some great reviews this week, so we're going to do um, a couple. But please do get on there and leave us a, leave us a review. It helps us with our rankings and things like that and getting the name out there, getting more followers of Scottish rugby um, in the game. Um, but leave us a review. Um, the first one is um, by Ali Baxter, who's a vocal follower of the pod, gets in touch with us on Twitter as well. So thanks a lot, Ali. He says... With the grace of a huge own sidestep and the style of a Hamish Watson moustache, these guys are the pinnacle of Scottish rugby insight and entertainment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy these three guys having a good connection as a hoggy punt for touch. Maybe see you at Myers' side soon. Keep up the good work. We like that. Once again, thanks so much. Thanks for taking the time to, to write that. I particularly like the as good a connection as, as a hoggy punt to touch. I do love the way hoggy kicks the ball. Yeah, it spirals. The only person who spirals anymore. So good. Considering um, you, can, you can often slice a spiral, it just shows how confident he is. So, I know, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, the other review 
was by On Top of the Moon, who we should say writes a really, really good Glasgow Warriors um, blog. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really top insight. Um, but he has written, uh, it may be hosted by three men so posh they look down on the cast of <laughs> Made in Chelsea as a bit chavvy. <laughs> but this pod delivers what no other has managed to do by bringing some much needed attention to the Scottish game. So we're with a backhanded compliment there, but I think we'll take it, won't we? This is bullshit. I'm a working class boy. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, but uh, it's great to, great to hear from you guys. And uh, we're going to get into our three Thistle issues this afternoon, um, which are number one, what did we make of the pro team's European results? Number two, will there be any surprises in the upcoming Scotland squad, which is announced on Wednesday this week? And number three, what has Scott Johnson been up to? What has he been up to? <laughs> it's, a, it's a question we've all been asking is, ourselves on this Sunday morning. Lips. Nobody knows. <laughs> I, I looked online, actually. We'll get into this later, but he's not really been mentioned in a press report since 2015. Yeah, he's been super under the radar. Super under the radar. So we're going to have a look at that. Um, we'll also have a, a, a quick quiz. But before we get into that, we'll look at the sort of the um, what's been mentioned about Scottish rugby in the papers this week. Um, Finn continues to um, get so many um, column inches, and um, we might have a little bit more um, intel that we can bring to that. Yeah, we sort of have a source who knows sort of Premiership rugby very well, and he was saying that Bristol and Worcester had both offered to pay him out his contract, and were looking to pay him upwards of six hundred grand. Ooh. A year. 600? 600 grand to move down. And supposedly Northampton were also speaking to Glasgow about whether they can get Finn Russell to move down. So that's the buyout clause is 250, then 600 a year or 600 plus a year. Oh, that would make that just seems. I mean, in the, in the, in the Premiership at the moment, the value, because of the money, the values are just completely overstated. So, I mean, Owen Williams going to Gloucester. From Leicester, 400k a year. It's more than Stuart Hogg. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And then, I mean, if Glasgow want to keep Finn Russell, they're going to have to pay him pretty much almost twice as much as Stuart Hogg, which is just absolutely amazing. Which is um, you wouldn't you wouldn't probably think that a year ago, particularly even. on the his performance yesterday. Well, yeah, I mean, the the clubs we've mentioned, I just I find a bit disappointing. Like Worcester might get relegated, so he probably wouldn't join them. But um, the other team's Gloucester, was it? No, Bristol. Bristol, uh, sorry. Yeah, once again, they're not exactly like the top teams in the Premiership. Um, Northampton, I suppose, would be better, but they're still sort of a bit all over the shop. Um, so it's, it's, it's a bit all, funny. It seems to all be coming down to what's going to happen with George Ford. Now, Bath put out a pretty punchy statement this week saying they're essentially just going to not let him go. So does that put the brakes on a, on a Finn move? Yeah, I mean, I think it probably will. If George, I mean, if George Ford doesn't leave Bath, Bath aren't going to sign... Finn Russell, but we saw this on the Sunday Times today the chat about Adam Hastings yep. potentially moving to Glasgow. Also spoken about by me on the pod last week. So that is true. Hear here first, guys. Hear it first. <laughs> it might be fake news a week ago, but it's real news it's now. Real news, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if I think George Ford will go. Yeah. Uh, and then I could I could very I could see Finn Russell moving down to Bath and Adam Hastings moving the other way. Which I think I think is a good move for Adam Hastings, but I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him playing as sort of Finn's apprentice for a little mm, bit because yeah. he's, he's been so far away, really, from the Bath first team. He's not getting huge minutes at a top level, and no. I think it would turn Glasgow in from a sort of very top end European club and take mm. them right back to being a good but developing European club. 
it was not the, the sort of chat from our new mystery source was that Cruden is the number yeah. one target for Bath as well. So I suppose if they get Cruden, then the, the muscle move is, is off the cards, which I think would be quite good, actually, because I think he would stay at Glasgow rather than go to Worcester or Bristol, at least. Yeah. Um, and even if, I mean, I don't think it'd be possible for the SOU at Glasgow to pay him nearly as much money as is being touted, but I don't think that would actually be the, the be-all and end-all for him. Not for Finn, no. I shouldn't have thought. I mean, I would say if we can, if we can get two hundred fifty thousand plus. I mean, if you're getting a huge amount of money from Bath, yes. Leicester, maybe. Northampton have got so many issues with their club at the moment. I wouldn't want Finn to go down there at the moment. But they have Northampton have competed at the top of the Premiership in years gone by with um, Stephen Myler, who is not as good as Finn. So he could be the sort of player that could um, change their fortunes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we we know that Vern Cotter loves Finn Russell. Yes, so that is sort of the the other side of it. Will he sort of push? Because I mean, Montpellier have enough cash to beat anyone. Exactly. So they, if if they really want Finn and Vern Cotter does want him at Montpellier, they can outbid anyone. Yeah, and we said the rumor is that Vern loves Finn Russell. And if he wants them out there, we've, we've looked at the Montpellier team. They literally do not have a standoff. Not of, not of, any, not of any sort of calibre. Yeah, no, not at all. But I mean, it's, I, don't want him go, I don't want him to go to the top 14. I mean, yeah, hopefully hopefully not. But then you look at someone like Johnny Wilkinson, whose career was like turned around by the top 14. I know it's... That's, I know, I know that's, yeah. that, that's maybe... It's tail end. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's maybe an anomaly, but it, it depends on what sort of person you like rather than like the set, rather that's than true. French rugby itself, I think. I don't profess to have any um, knowledge of what Finn's like, so I don't know. Do you, I have no idea how he would get on in France, but I'd, I'd rather he stayed in the UK. No, I think you're right. And I've never met Finn Russell, but from his Instagram stories, I'm not sure how well he'd fit in a Montpellier. <laughs> 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 he just like loves chin and pints in like bamboo. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I say, fair enough. We'll have some, yeah. Um, what else did we get? Um, Scottish uh, players. Jim Hamilton looks like he's off to London Irish to see out the last two years of his career. Yeah, I think that's been talked about for for a while. It's sort of the worst kept secret in well, the, the, the Premiership, I suppose. Yeah. But um, it's amazing he's been around for so long. He keeps on chugging away, and I reckon if he's been so useful for Saracens yeah. as kind of uh, you know a, a second row comes in when the international games are on. He comes off the bench and is you know always a good yeah, player. He'll probably though, be a yeah. pretty good signing for. There's a great, there's a great interview with him in the Sunday Times today. But, I mean, Stephen Jones is a bit mad to be honest. But and he talks he talks about um, Jim. He says Jim Hamilton's one of the most entertaining players he's ever watched. I mean, that is, is that in a pejorative sense? I, I, mean, I don't know. That is mental. <laughs> I don't understand what the issue is. It's <laughs> a completely correct statement. To be fair, he bloody know. bloody love him. <laughs> good old big Jim. But yeah, so he looks like he's off to um, to London Irish. Interesting one. A lot of talk um, about Nakawara maybe looking for a move back to Glasgow. Not happy with himself down in um, in Paris. I mean, when they last played each other, when Glasgow beat Racing, he could not have been more disinterested. <laughs> like, yeah, he just looked like he didn't care. And I, I think that Racing at the moment isn't exactly a very happy camp. And he thrived at Glasgow, so it's it's understandable. Maybe, but Glasgow wouldn't. They wouldn't either want to or be able to spend the money to get him back would they well I reckon when they signed him he was a completely unknown quantity so they probably got a pretty good deal in yeah. terms of his wage and everything but now he would they might be priced out of the market um, 
mean, they've got Johnny Gray, got Swinson, they've got a few young guys coming through. I don't know if they necessarily need him. And but they're going to have to keep Johnny Gray. They're going to have to spend well, a, yeah, a lot of money yeah. as well. So, but if Nakarai wants to take a pay cut because he just you know loves the Warriors so much, then loves the Warriors. fair enough. I'd love to see him back. Yeah. Why the hell not? I remember they picked up Nakawara and Matawalu post them touring in Fiji. Like no one had ever really heard of them before, yeah. and they went out to Fiji. And they're going back to Fiji this summer, so... Maybe we can pick up some more... Uh, Hopefully. More, that'd be great. Pick up some more. Um, other good news this week, Hamish Watson re-signing for um, yeah. Edinburgh. That was a huge bit of business, I thought. Yeah, no, really good to lock him down. Was it two-year contract? Yeah. A couple of years. I think he's really coming through. We, we all think he's probably going to start at seven this um, in the Six Nations. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, no, that, I mean, the back row at Edinburgh is... Oh. Unbelievable. Watson, Hardy, Dupree, Bradbury, Richie, Manu, like it's genuinely like there's so a, much class. There's there. so much class in that back so row. Much class it'd there, be yeah. again it'd be interesting to see whether they keep all those players post this summer though. Yeah. Um So that's that that's quite a neat little segue, Edinburgh's back row, into um talking about our trip to the stoop uh yesterday and our first fiscally issue of the week. So Matt, why don't you kick us off? What did you make of the uh, Edinburgh result yesterday. Well, I thought, yeah, the performance was absolutely great. Um, we just talked about the back row and they absolutely dominated Harlequins. I mean, albeit Harlequins had a lot of injuries. They didn't have the likes of Rob Shaw who put up a bigger fight and even someone like James Horwell in the in the boiler room probably gives them a better platform. But I thought that you know, Watson was making his hits, um, running with purpose and Bradbury was cutting some great lines. And I think Dupree is just, he doesn't look quite fit at the moment, but he's pretty destructive and he's got a great sort of offloading linking yeah, game. Yeah. So all, th- all three of them can sort of play it quite loose and quite tight as well. So yeah, they, they were streets ahead of, of Harlequins and yeah, it's shaping up to be like a really good balanced um, back row that you, you wouldn't be surprised sort of starting it's in the good. Six Nations. Yeah, well, I could see that, that back row starting. I thought, I thought Dupree was absolutely brilliant um, yesterday. I think Bradbury's such an exciting prospect, but Hamish Watson just... Week in, week out is just looking like the real deal in terms of he he makes his hits, he turns over ball, he's quick. You know, the the second try, the key try for Edinburgh yesterday, he went through the hole and then put it through to Alan Dell, who I'm also a fanboy of, who was quick <laughs> enough to get it over and finish. I thought that was a that was a great try from Edinburgh. Yeah. And it was much more creative than anything their backs managed to do. Alan Dell had surprising speed. From where yeah. we were saying, uh, he was looking quite quick. Well, I think we talked about it during the autumn. He was really, like, he is quite good in the loose. Like, he um, gets around quite quickly, which is Ma- decent. Where has he come from? I don't really know. Matt, you know these things more than anyone else. Um, well, yeah, he was signed. He played for um, South Africa under-20s in one of the World Cups a few years ago. Okay. And he was playing, I think, he, he didn't have a super rugby contract, but maybe a sort of curry cup, which is a good, a good standard there. Um and then I think he was signed as a project player, actually. So I don't know what the, if there was any link. Oh, but, awesome. Um, maybe he realized he wasn't going to get a game in South Africa because he's probably not quite actually big enough to be a South African prop. He's probably seen as too athletic. Mm. Um, so yeah, he came over. But he hasn't, to be fair, he hasn't really played until this year and that's been because of injuries at Edinburgh. And he sort of got into the Scotland game having played, Scotland squad, sorry, having played only yeah. about 10 games for, for Edinburgh. Yeah. Before that, he was playing a lot of gala. So he seems to have come on leaps and bounds. Um, I, th- I thought the Edinburgh pack, yes, as you said, absolutely dominated Harlequins. A couple of things I, mm. I wanted to mention. Firstly, I need to apologise to Ben Toulis. <laughs> I've been giving him a hard time yeah. sort of on and off the pods. I think I used <laughs> to think he was absolutely rubbish. Yeah. Um, but he was amazing yesterday. 
He was he great. Had a, he, was, he had a brilliant he was, game. I he think was, he was probably man of the match. I think I know they gave it to Hamish Watson, but I think for yeah. me, Ben Tullis was I think the, about that Edinburgh effort. The rugby paper today gave him man of the match. I think Did it was they? fair. He was great in the loose and his little pass for Fraser McKenzie. Oh. It was great just watching. It was very close to that. Just watching Fraser McKenzie. So get through line up his options and see it's basically Danny Kerr in front of him and he just ran straight he didn't even change his line but McKenzie had a very good game as well yeah very um, big combative guy he's like, good. really enjoyed that I'd also like my second point about the Edinburgh pack is about Ross Ford and we need to, everyone <laughs> needs to move on from Ross Ford he <laughs> yeah, still I think managed we, to yesterday there was a couple of times for Edinburgh I think they scored one try um, Harlequins had just had someone sent to the to the bin we kick to the corner. Great decision. Rossford misses the line out by an absolute mile. Yeah, it's, and it's, it feels like it's what I've been watching him do for Scotland my entire life. I think we need to move on from Rossford. Edinburgh need to be backing their younger guys coming through. No, definitely. I think we've always talked about the strength of Edinburgh's forward pack, and yeah, they won that game because of the because of the forward pack with the fact that their back still lacked. A lot of creativity, um, and maybe outside sort of Kinghorn, actually, Christine actually did. I thought Christine had a decent game. Yeah, did look relatively good, um, and yeah, it just it just sort of hits home that in the summer it, that pack's fine, that that's settled. That is a sort of top, I'd say top four Pro Twelve pack on its day. I think so. It's just sorting out what what sort of team do Edinburgh want to be in the back line because they could just get a a ten in who can kick the corners. And they could be a very good team, ten man team. Yeah, but is that what they want to? Is that how they want to go forward? I think. I think Duncan Weir. I just thought he was very poor again yesterday. I, I yeah, he doesn't offer anything in terms of creativity and kicking from hand. Yesterday, there was there was one which went out on the full by a mile, and at least mm. a couple of instances of up and unders, which you know they go twenty, they went meet, too, 20 too meet, far, twenty meters up, on, and only one meter forward, or they go yeah. too far and they're not. Kick, I don't think Mike Brown them. was never really challenged. No, I don't he always had a, you know, he's never got someone up in the air. He'd catch it and then sort of, and he actually beat quite a few men. Um, yeah, I thought that because I actually think that when you sort of put, I think Phil Burley is a good player. I know he's got his distractors, but I thought he was pretty good yesterday. But doesn't have a chance to kind of show his ball skills or anything. And I think that starts with both nine and ten actually yeah. were quite lateral. Like I thought Kennedy had a pretty solid game, but he likes to pick up the ball and he's sort of waiting for runners. But unless he offers a threat, then you're just running across the pitch, really. Yeah. It's a shame. I, I'd love to see Sam. We've talked about it before, the resurgence of Sam Hidalgo-Klein. I, I really think Edinburgh would be a better team with him playing at his top of his potential. Mm. Right? He is a better player than, than, than Kennedy, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and well, I, I think Edinburgh needs to look... I like... I understand that you know we've got two pro teams and we've got two supposed first two choice tens and you want them both playing, but at what stage do you say that Duncan Weir is not ever really going to make it as the understudy to Finn and be effective and you look maybe on the Harlequins bench and you think well Rui, Rui Jackson comes in and he covers that position um, he was pretty terrible when he came yeah, on though sliced a couple of kicks I, I think that if you want to play a more attacking game then Tovey is far better at taking it yeah. to the game line and he's more exciting and I know that he's as we talked about last week he's trying to become a Scottish qualified so I don't ever see him as a first choice um Albeit he had an absolute shocker of a drop goal attempt That's true. yesterday. I think I um, think with Edinburgh we've got the, the the pack. I think the pack's great, and it's there's depth in a number of positions as well. Nine and ten are real, really, obviously massively important issues. If they can sort that out, and maybe 
There was somebody on Twitter this week, I can't remember exactly who it was, suggested that if Mark Bennett's not got a deal on the table from Glasgow, Edinburgh should come in and try and bring him over to the to the East Coast. Yeah. Well, I'd be quite surprised if the SRU sort of let him go completely from the system because I thought he actually played quite well. Yeah, I thought he did. Yesterday for Glasgow. Um, so we'll see. Um, another point on the, sorry, the overall Quinns thing is this, the, the Quinns match day experience and the contrast that, you know, with the 1872 Cup, which he obviously talks about, is night and day like Quinns have so many great bars it's a real sort of great atmosphere nice little food trucks and stuff it's it's well laid out um that hopefully that's something that Edinburgh can learn from when they move to Myerside uh next week I think yeah I think that's I think you're right it was a great day out you know good beers good food and stuff like that and it's very accessible but I think that will naturally change when Edinburgh leave Murrayfield I think they are constricted in what they can do by just the sheer size of Murrayfield yeah no, definitely. Just going back to that Bennett point, uh, one thing I oh, here we go. One thing I remembered. Here we go. Sp- you know how in England they get sort of academy points. Yeah. Supposedly yeah. Bennett's because he was brought up in like a French academy, it makes him like more attractive to French rugby teams because they can get sort of like oh, French sort of academy points for him, like whatever their system is yeah. they have over there. He's he's actually. So- Within within that, well, it was always mentioned about after the World Cup. It was mentioned that Claremont might want to come in and take him back, but he's, his stock's fallen quite a lot since then. Yeah, so I, I think wondered so. if he would still be able to get a move. Possibly him and Laidlaw down playing for uh, Claremont. Interesting. Yeah. It would be an interesting. Yeah, the system's one. called the the Espoirs. Is the the young players in France? So Ooh, the Espoirs. How right? the hell do you know that? <laughs> like, where's that knowledge coming from? This guy. <laughs> What an education it is just hanging out with Matt. Should we chat about Glasgow game? Yeah, I think I think I think just finishing up on Edinburgh, they've done a double on Harlequins, which I think at the start of the season we need none of us would have predicted that happening. Yeah, they're top of the league. They're playing Timisoara at Myerside next weekend. God, imagine they lost that game. <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be typical. Edinburgh, but, um, I think they've got five points in the bag. They're going to get a home quarter. It looks like. Yeah. They've got this new stadium, the new stand. All all things looking up, I would say, for Edinburgh. Hashtag Phil Myerside. Hashtag Phil Myerside. I really hope they do. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really good. No, I think it will be good. Timisoara's game this weekend was cancelled because it was minus twelve. 20, to minus twelve or something <laughs> yeah. in, in Romania. So start from say we're like we are not keen to play this game. <laughs> you can imagine the big names at start being like, listen. Let's just we'll, we'll take the loss, but we're not going back there. <laughs> Which would be good. Um, and then yeah, so I think all all power to Edinburgh. And yeah. Then, yeah, I think we had a great tweet this week. Uh, this week after the the games yesterday, it said the the Scottish rugby curse is still in place. The two pro teams cannot both win at a weekend. And <sighs> using that, Glasgow. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was a great game. I mean, I was quite drunk, but I was watching it. But and I know Glasgow didn't score a try. But I think against almost any other team apart from maybe Saracens and maybe like a Clermont. I mean, Glasgow would have knocked a couple of tries past anyone. Yeah, I think so. I, uh, I just I don't know. It, I I thought Glasgow would win that game. I thought they would, and I think they probably did enough. I think they started really, really well. And the, the one thing about this fixture was the intensity from both sides. And I think Glasgow stood up to that really well. And I think there's a huge, it shows just how far they've come. Having I think last year in the Champions Cup, they were playing against um, like Racing and um, the other bigger, bigger teams, and they were getting battered. Yeah. But this time, I think any team is going to go up against Munster. 
that is a hugely physical task. And um, Glasgow stayed with them for 80 minutes and should have won it. I think the biggest problems were, I don't think Finn had a very good game. I don't think he was accurate in a lot of his work. And I think, although it was a tactic, and he said it when he came off the park, that the chip in behind was because Munster drew this very, very flat line um, in defence and there is space in behind. I just don't think it worked. And it was just one of those days where you felt he was kicking away too much possession in really, really good um, areas. Yeah, there's two or three times where they made these kind of like 30, 40 meter breaks where they get sort of tackled on the 22 or on the 10 meter line. And rather than just keeping sort of a clear head and just then running through the phases, Finn Russell either sort of dabbed it through or chipped it. And it just wasn't tactically a well thought out strategy. Like, I, yeah, it was just really, really annoying. It wasn't, it was really annoying. I, th- I thought that, I mean, you have to give credit to Munster. The defence was absolutely fantastic because yeah. you could see, I mean, they had pretty good ball. Finn was taking it, on, you know, on the front foot to the game line, but he just couldn't quite get the likes of Dunbar and Bennett, you know, Hogg and Seymour into the game. Like they had, they had barely feared any chances and they're the real strike runners. Yeah. Um, and like, I get, I get the chipping as well. Um, and I understand the other side that you just keep the ball and go through the phases. But when they did that, they weren't really getting anywhere. So you've got to try something different, I suppose. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to mix it up. And I think if we focus on the negatives for a little bit longer, because I actually think there was an awful lot of good stuff mm. which Glasgow did and individual performances that we can pick out. I think, again, it comes to Finn, the, the option of not taking drop goals when they were two points behind. Yeah, There was at least two opportunities when he had it. He said it himself that he should have gone for those. And I just think that's that is just... The, the, these big game moments which as a young mm. fly half he's got to learn from and next yeah. time hopefully it'll be for Scotland or Glasgow in a big game and he will take those opportunities to get the three points well, it was the same in the Argentina game in the yeah, exactly. that he, he just didn't look comfortable being in that pocket and I wonder if it was the same against Munster that he was just waiting for a perfect opportunity to hit a drop goal which was never really going to arrive you know you've got to make the most of it um, and yeah, hopefully he sort of learns from experience with that sort of thing. Um, I think he will. you wouldn't say Townsend's not exactly that wasn't that kind of ten. So I don't know who's his sort of mentor there in terms of knocking over drop. Yeah, the sort of big um, pre- the big pressure moments. But. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he he didn't play that well, but hopefully it's sort of a one off. And I think I think Munster part of his re- journey. Yeah, I think Munster did a really good job of shutting down Ali Price as well. I think he was they were all over him all day, much like Glasgow were all over Conor Murray. To be honest, it was yeah, a really, yeah. really interesting battle there. It was obviously another tactical point of get Conor Murray out of the game, and I think ninety percent of it was probably done legally. Yeah. On, about, on the line. Just on, about on the line. Yeah, on the line. That's fine. I think that's okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, Munster aren't that good an attacking team. No. And again, we saw that. Like, they're, they're very direct. It's all about one-out runners. But just their defence was just too good. Yeah. Munster's defence won that game. Yeah, yeah definitely. And Gla- I think lesser teams, Glasgow would have, got, would have got a couple of scores from. Yeah. Um, and I just think, yeah, fair play, you know. Let, let's get Glasgow, get the bonus point win against Leicester. And then let's look and see. It'll be probably Saracens, Clermont, or Leinster were the three teams that... It's looking like it would work out if we get a bonus point down at um, Welford Road. Because we'll an away quarterfinal, and they're the three top teams at the moment. But it would be their first ever quarterfinal, so it would be progress. And I think if you've got 
Leinster would be your dream pick of those purely because you you play them regularly. You understand that the RDS is not going to pose yep. too much of a of a threat. Um, mm. I'd be. I mean, going away to Claremont, that's a hell of a task. Mm-hmm. Going away to Saracens is probably even a bigger task. Yeah. Um, but I think we've got to look to the, the Leicester game. But I think hugely positive performances from newly re-signed Tim Swinson. Mm. I thought Swinno was absolutely brilliant. Um, I thought he was actually probably... I think Gray had a good game, but not yeah. as good as normal. And I just think that's because he set the bar so high. Of course he does. He's um, still making his tackles yeah, and all brilliant. that stuff, but... He just maybe needs to sort of stand out a bit more in the in the loose and make a few sort of bigger plays. Yeah, he didn't really make any big big breaks. And I think Simpson's got lovely soft skills. Swinson, sorry, he's got lovely soft skills that um, Gray possibly doesn't have with the offloading and um, and and what have you. I know we do all like Johnny Gray, but he's quite a rubbish carrier of the ball. Yeah, and he should <laughs> probably stop doing it. He does it a lot, and he doesn't make a lot of ground. I don't. I think there's better ball carriers in that Glasgow team. I think yeah, definitely. He's a good. He's actually quite good at sort of like linking up between the forwards and the backs, and he's a good sort of tackler and rucker that we all know. But I just think he's maybe taking on a bit too much responsibility as a captain, taking on a lot of the ball carrying. And I think he should leave it to your Swinsons, your Strausses, your Ryan Wilsons, yeah. who generally are real That's dynamic true. ball carriers. Strauss, Strauss, aside from a couple of uh, or one glaring mistake where they were giving away a penalty. Um, had a really, really good game. He was making loads of yards. Yeah. Um, and most encouragingly, I think, um, Xander Fagerson. Yeah, I thought he was took excellent. Took another big step forward in his yeah. sort of um, credentials as a as a prop. Oh, well, is, he, is he 20? 21? Yeah, 20, 21, I it's think. It's amazing. Like He's good in the... He seems to be improving every week in the scrum. And in the, the loose, we've always known that he's, he's going to make his tackles and he's got fairly good hands and he's quite dynamic. So, Just wait until yeah. he gets his strength. If he's only 20 years old and he can already front up in a big um, Champions Cup game, that's yeah. really, really encouraging. Props peak at like 28 or something. Yeah. yeah it's pretty amazing, really. Um, and I think that because Scot- Scotland as a whole is a, produces fairly small players, you know, we're yeah. not naturally sort of a big race. So it's pretty encouraging that we've we've got him through. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I was... I'm kind of with you. I think it was disappointing that Glasgow couldn't come up with the with the goods. Um, Munster are a hell of a team, though, so I think you take something from that. And I still feel very confident. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Confident that Glasgow can go down to Welford Road and do the business next weekend. Need to get, do, you do you need to get a bonus point? Win. Is that I don't think they need to. No. But that I would definitely make it, sure. I think it would make it a much more comfortable affair if they can get five rather than four. You just never know. With Leicester at home, like 
it's an it's not an easy match. You not know, an easy it's match. Not, like if we if we even had Racing Metro away because they're so temperamental, but Leicester are a proud team, and if they sort of get a decent team out and, and are mentally right, then they could give us a good game. So it's showing a little bit of signs of life, I suppose, under um, Aaron Major. No, they no. Lo- they lost thirty three like six <laughs> to Racing Metro yesterday. Ras Metro don't care about the Champions Cup. Well, no, maybe not then. So you'd <laughs> hope that five points is coming our way. Yeah, no, hopefully. I mean, but the thing is, weirdly, with Aaron Major in, he, he doesn't have the luxury of being able to sort of give up on the Champions Cup. Every single game is sort of almost like an addition for him as head coach. So he needs to make sure that they're playing well, even though it's a bit of a dead rubber for them. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly confident we'll get the bonus point. If I'm honest, I think, uh, and then look, like if we go to Saracens, if we go to Clermont, let's just go at it, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, literally yeah. nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly. Apart from the game, the game and a place in the semi-final. Yeah, but, you know, nothing to lose. Fuck it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I feel I feel good about it. I think overall, I was really impressed. As I say, we were down at the Stoop yesterday. I was really, really impressed with Edinburgh's performance. I think they were great. I don't think we touched on it when we were talking about them specifically. Their defensive performance was really, really excellent. Yeah. Up until the last 10 minutes when they just decided to stop playing a little bit. But, <laughs> and I think Harlequin scored two tries. Yeah. And that made it a lot tighter than it needed to be or it should have been on the day. But for the majority of the game, Edinburgh were, particularly in the first half, territory-wise, were getting beaten up but not giving up very much at all, which was yeah. really good. Should we move on to... That kind of brings us into the next topic. So it does, yeah. Scotland squads. Well, yeah, so... Vern Cotter is going to be naming his last Scotland squad on yeah. um, on Wednesday for the Six Nations. Um, and what do we think it's going to... Um, is it going to throw up any surprises? I think it will throw up no surprises. <laughs> I also think it will throw up no surprises. Is, is Matt Scott getting in a, a surprise or just a, a new addition? I, I, I think it wouldn't be a surprise. It's what I, I think could be the only, the only real change. Mm. Um, I think he deserves it top try scorer in the premiership he's playing absolutely out of his skin yeah. and in, a, in a not very good team as well exactly in a, not, a, in a, a not very sign. good team and I mean who could you jettison though I don't, I don't really say know say Bennett but Bennett had a good game well, yesterday for Glasgow Pete, Pete Horn would have been in the Autumn squad and he's injured now so maybe oh, it's just a straight true. swap Horn I think is back Mid, he'll probably still be in the squad I think he comes back sort of mid oh, really? I thought it was quite a long ankle injury oh, I think right. I was reading somewhere I'm fair wrong, but I'm sure he um, is coming back sooner rather than later. I prefer Matt Scott than Pete Horn in the team. Personally, but does Pete Horn just covers so much? That covers it's an ten, easy way. which is the big one day. Um, yeah, covers ten. So yeah, Scott coming in. I I don't really see much else. Um, what about in the back back row? Any change? I'm just trying to think of the, the sort of pinch areas. The Gray brothers are going to start in the second row. Yeah, who will be Rich, a, Richie Gray was playing for Toulouse yesterday against Wasps. Yeah, he keeps getting a start, which is yeah, which good is sign. He's looking absolutely huge at the moment. Like that's bigger. what to, that's what Toulouse do to people. Yeah, they bigger. make them absolutely massive. Um, um, what about the back row? Was maybe an argument, as we just said before, that you just put in the whole Edinburgh back row. Something They're to the be foreign said there. players. Like um, I thought that Bradbury in particular yesterday was so impressive. Like yeah. for a young guy, he's so physical. He runs great lines. I think that's what we talked about before as well. We kind of lacked like a proper carrier. Yeah, um, Dupree can do that as well as just being an intelligent rugby player. So, I, I wouldn't be unhappy with with a complete Edinburgh back row, really. No, not, not neither would I. I think who else? Who would you be missing out with? John Barkley, who continues to play very, very well for the Scarlets and can play across the back row in any of those positions. Um, Ryan Wilson, 
Yeah. I think yeah, Watson and Barkley have got to start flankers. They've played well in the Autumn Internationals. Yeah. Uh, Watson's continued on his good club form. I've not watched any Scarlet's games, but I'm going to assume that Barkley's still playing relatively well. Yeah. Um, and I think Bradbury coming off the bench, you know, because Barkley can cover all those positions, yeah, if you bring Bradbury on at six, then Barkley's got the flexibility to be able to move across to eight and seven. Yeah, I think you offer, that's a, a huge um, virtue for, for Barkley. And then at eight, what would you... I think, I think Dupree looked absolutely brilliant um, yesterday against Harlequins. I still think Ryan Wilson's got enough credit in the bank post-autumn so. internationals. I think, I think you're probably right. Um, but, I mean, I have I have no issue with Cornell Dupree. So I have no issue with Josh Strauss starting, to be honest no, with you. No, he had a good game as well. I have no issue with Adam Ash starting, actually, <laughs> to be honest. It is quite a... But I think the only issues we might have, again, front row, WP now went off with a concussion. Um, yeah. Do we know anything about his... Um, I don't think there's been any Any updates from Edinburgh or anything so, like that? Um, Al Dickinson came back a couple of yeah. weeks ago for Edinburgh and got injured again. Yeah, I'm not sure. And he's dis- he's gone away for a couple of weeks. I mean, it might be that Fagerson is going to be starting. Yeah, I mean, at least it's not. You know, they're going into the Six Nations making their complete debuts. You know, they they yeah. held up fairly well in those autumn tests against three pretty good scrummaging teams. True. So yeah, I'm not. It's a shame that Nell's not playing. So I thought he was pretty good yesterday on his first I game he was back. Good, yeah. um, but it's maybe not as much of an issue, is it? I mean, it, it could just be Fagerson and Dell um, again, who I think yeah. we've both said in the last 20 minutes, we thought they both played pretty well. Do we think that anything's changed since the autumns for maybe Alan, Ali, Ali Price, sorry, to be pushing all I'd have, him in, I'd have him in as definitely as the backup rather than Pergos. Yeah, I think that's true. I think he's cemented that. I think he's, he's better than Pergos. I think, I he, think offer, he offers a change yeah. from the bench as well. Yeah. He can change the pace of a game. I personally can't see them getting rid of... Laidlaw, I think he's very. I think Laidlaw team, will play but... eighty minutes of most of the Six Nations <laughs> games. To be honest, I don't think. I think um, he's showing Cotter that he can do it, and that's Cotter obviously very happy with that. Yeah, yeah. He, he's vital in terms of kicking goals. I mean, Hogg can do the long range stuff, but as we saw yesterday, he's also not that accurate at them. Well, Hogg will still do the long range stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, but if he, the, the, my point was that if you take off. Um, take off Laidlaw which is sort of bankers of anything within the 10 metre line he, he is a better kicker than Finn despite Finn getting better on that, in that respect yeah uh, there's also the chat that Greg Laidlaw's retiring from international rugby in the summer really? yeah where'd that come from? I don't know did you have a dream last night? <laughs> so I, someone, someone told me that. Um, that there was a lot of chat that once he moves to Claremont he was going to retire from international oh, rugby it's like 31, 32. Oh, um, maybe it makes and sense then. that Tooney might bring in Johnny Gray as captain. I mean, I can, I can believe that. Yeah. That feels like a natural sort of um, transition of power, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be surprised by if, if Laidlaw does go. Maybe that's part of the contract they signed with Claremont. They said, we'll pay you big bucks, but You've got to we stay. want full control of you. We don't want you playing internationals. Which I think well, French clubs quite often do so. yeah well that would be a loss but I think Ali Price is prob- will probably be ready to step up by that stage yeah I mean it's unverifiable but I'm throwing out there <laughs> forever it's much like the Trump much dossier much like the Trump it dossier might, hey, listen, it might be true <laughs> I'll let you decide whether it's true <laughs> it may or may not be true do you think uh, any other surprises in the Scott I just don't think it is and I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing I think it's a continuity thing if anything it makes me think Maybe Vern Cotter should be staying on for a little bit longer because he's built this squad. He's now got it to a stage where it is um, 
it's decent and effective and should he not be staying on to really implement it? I don't think Vern Cottage should stay on because, now this is like a really boring analogy, but if you're like a failing business, so the first thing you do is you sort of bring in like the operations guy, bring someone come in to like steady the ship, get everything working properly, get sort of every, and then once everything sort of settled down, you sort of bring in the more sort of creative, strategic guy. And I think that's where Tooney's coming in. I think Vern Cotter's been great for three, four years. He's sort of got us into a place where we're really stable. We've got enough depth that if players are injured, like WP Nell, we've got people like Xander Ferguson and Landell, a lot of yeah. positions, a lot of depth going on. But I don't think he's going to take us to fourth or third in the Six Nations. If we really, really want to start challenging to be first or second, Vern Cotter, I don't think he's not the right man to do that. That's nice. That was a boring analogy, but it was quite good. It was quite, <laughs> effect- it was quite effective. I quite liked it. I kind of switched off a bit. But <laughs> so so Cot- Cotter is like a firefighter, yeah. and then you're getting your big heavy hitter in. Yeah. You're getting the prodigal son in. You know, he joined the company at an early age, yeah. went through the grad scheme. So that's sort quite, of. All right, you know, I, think we can, I think we can drop this analogy now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can probably leave this alone. Yeah, it's quite poor. But, but I, 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 I think that's fine. I, I would have liked to see Vern have another year. I, I agree. I think he was I, and I think, and I think building Towns, something. And I think Townsend could have done with a year abroad or a year in England or a year doing something else. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think you say Vern should have had three or four years. I think he's only had two. He came in after the 2013 Six Nations okay, so for th- post Scott Johnson. Scott Johnson, and we'll get on to Who we will get on to. What has that guy been doing? <laughs> what uh, has we'll Scott Johnson into, been doing? We'll be getting into Nobody that. Nobody knows. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I suppose. Well, I mean, it's happening now, so there's not that much of us to do uh, in terms of um, yeah. <laughs> hand-wringing over it. It is happening. Exactly. So. Should we go on to quiz? Uh, yeah, quiz. Yeah, yeah, right. Let's do quiz now, and then we'll... Oh, God. What has Scott Johnson been up to? That could be a quiz question in itself. <laughs> but we'll get into that. Uh, second. We're mix, mixing up the quiz format this uh, week. Aren't you? You're taking it, us through it, aren't you, Alan? I am this week's quiz master. After the roaring success yeah. of um, the Harry Potter quiz over Christmas, this, this, one, this one's not quite as explosive, is this it? This one is much more boring <laughs> and much less funnier. So <laughs> here we go. Right then, crack on. We're going to do who's got more caps. We're going to give you two Scottish rugby players. I want to just... Tell me who you think has more caps. And if you want, chuck out how many caps you think they've had. Okay. All right. Let's just, let's just, well, I'll give you the answer after each one. I think that's a better way to go. Yeah, yeah. So let's go quickly through it. First two players, Hugo Southwell and Richie Gray. Oh. Best left peg in uh, the Northern Hemisphere at one stage, Hugo. What, what are you going for, Dave? I've written mine down, so. You go um, first. Um... I think this is being set up as a setup, and that you should think it's going to be Richie Gray, but I'm going to go for Hugo Southwell. I'm going to go for Richie Gray. I'm going to say he's got 56 caps. So Hugo Southwell had 59 caps. I mean, I can't believe that. 59. Richie Gray has had 60. Oh, damn it. So there you go. But it's taking Richie Gray. Oh, Christ. 59 caps for Hugo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play. Hey, greatest left boot in the Northern Hemisphere. He did have a great left peg. He used to spiral it as well. You could spiral it, but that was it. It went about 30 metres. He was rubbish. It's better than you, man. Stop. Rose-tinted glasses. I initially wanted to call the podcast Hugo Southwell's left boot. That's how much I love the man. (laughs) Such a great player. Right. right, Right. 1-0 to Matt. 1-0 to Matt. Number two, we've got 
Johnny Gray and Alex Dunbar. Ooh, that's quite nice. I've, I th- I'm pretty confident about this one. Go on then. I'm going to go for Alex Dunbar. And I think he's got 42 but caps. Johnny Gray's only come in the last couple of years. He has played everything though. I'm going to go with Dunbar as well. Somewhere so in the high 30s. Johnny Gray is on 28 caps, which is bloody a lot, isn't it? For a thing. And I'm worried that Wikipedia was wrong, but Alex Dunbar only had 19. What? Yeah, I'll, let me just double check. He was injured for a yeah, long time, Yeah, he was injured he? for a while. He was injured and out of the scene for a long time. Yeah, mate, he, I don't think he's played as much as you think. Um, sadly, my internet is incredibly slow. I think that's fine. But, so let's move on. We'll, we'll, we'll double check. But yeah, so... 19 for Alex Dunbar. Yeah, nine. Nine, only nine. I can believe. I can yeah, believe. nineteen caps. I can the, believe that. on the Scottish Rugby website. So, so yeah, right. So still one nil to Matt. Right, number three, we have Jim Hamilton and Alistair Strokosh. Oh, two. That is really really good. Two absolute titans. Um, absolute Perpignan legend. Still yeah. bashing out in the pro. I'm going. Go, I'm going for Strokosh. I know because Strokosh held down sure his place that, for a while. Hamilton has six, at least sixty caps because he's spoken about it before on, on his pod, but Strokosh might be. It. I think I think I'm going. I'm going Hamilton. I think Hamilton's Hamilton. got sixty-one, but I think Strokosh might have edged it over that. Oh God, that's terrible. So Hamilton has sixty-three caps, Ooh. and Strokosh has forty-seven. Oh come on, David! <laughs> right, so two nil down with two to play. Okay, so the fourth one we've got Tim Boy Visser and Simon Daniele. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I know what I want it to be, but is that correct? This was has big injury had big injury issues as well. Danielli's currently having issues with the police. So uh, what? <laughs> oh yeah, what's Dem- happening? Domestic abuse charge. Oh, God, yeah, I know. <laughs> so let's hope we can get a win from here. His ex ex wife in um lives in Northern Ireland now. After his awesome move, settled down there. Yeah. I've gone uh, Daniele Visser so Daniele has oh god I've lost him uh, Daniele has 32 caps and that's Tim, quite a lot of caps Tim Visser has 29 oh my god <laughs> so it's 3-0 to Matt it's an absolute whitewash right we'll do one more because I've got it we're going to do Stuart Grimes and Dan Parks Oh. Love Dan Parks. You go. Who you going for? Grimes. I'm. I'm going for Frank Grimesy. So Stuart Grimes was on seventy-one, and Dan Parks on sixty-six. Oh, well, I picked up one, but it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't help me. Yeah. That was good, dude. I was looking. At, one of the interesting ones was obviously Graham Morrison record Glasgow caps, but I thought he had more. He only had thirty-five caps for Scotland. For some reason, he seems to have been around a lot longer. Yeah, than that. it was a long, long. I remember the, the the biggest contrast was Sonny Bill was making one of his first ever appearances for New Zealand versus Graham Morrison. And <laughs> <laughs> that get, was the, that was the clash everyone wanted. to You see. get thrown into your first international game <laughs> against Graham Morrison. I mean, <laughs> jeez. But yeah, no, it was quite a lot of interest. I mean, Richie Gray was he's twenty. He must only be 25, 26. Hitting out sixty yeah. caps already. I mean, twenty seven. 
not that young. Not there you go. Well, still not that old though. Still, still not that few, old. Few, few years to come. Uh, that was good. Well, another loss for me. Yeah. So my personal my personal tally is what four one against Alan and two nil against Matt. That's yeah. not good at all. Well, shall we move on to? Oh, <laughs> shall we? Shall we move on to talk about our blessed director of rugby? Is that uh, his actual title? I think is director, director of performance rugby. So, Alan, you've been looking into this. So, to yeah. turn your quiz back on you, what has Scott Johnson been up to? So let's. So he was at the Ospreys for four years. And then he came in as assistant coach under Andy Robinson. Yeah. I remember Andy Robinson, he left post us losing to like Tonga. Um, I think at Pataudry. Yeah, what a A real low moment for how, Scottish rugby. How far we've come <laughs> Yeah, I know. So post, post Andy Robinson got fired and then Scott Johnson came in to be head coach of Scotland in 2013. Yeah. It was like, when Scott... For the Six Nations is it Scott Johnson was head coach. Do you know where Scotland finished? Did we have an all right year and that's how he kept his job? Fourth. So Scotland actually came third because <laughs> they beat Ireland and Italy that year. Oh. So And then post that Six Nations, that is when Scott Johnson then gave himself like another promotion and became director of performance rugby and they brought in Vern Cotter. Oh. So, um... So yeah, that's been sort of weirdly. He's been sort of assistant coach, head coach, and then director of performance rugby. And I thought he left in much more sort of like disgrace. So he got his promotion in what, like after a really bad set of results for us. Uh, well, didn't he? He took us on that tour of South Africa. And to be fair, we actually we'd lost, but we should have beaten them. Were it not for Big Jim Hamilton's yellow card. That's true. But we yeah, had a really, I remember, I remember we had a really weakened team. So it, I think it was Dunbar made his yeah, debut. Dunbar made his debut. Seymour made there, his yeah. debut when he was sort of, you know, a far lesser player. Um, so I'm not quite sure how it sort of all came about. But I suppose the thing with Scott Johnson is he seems to have lived such a charmed life. Like he's never actually sort of delivered wherever he's been, but. He manages to get good gigs, and yeah. Um, well, he's now he is now technically the sort of director of rugby for Scotland, and I think I'm right in saying that um, Duncan Hodge and uh, Townsend, as individual head coaches mm. of Glasgow and Edinburgh, they report into technically yeah. into Scott Johnson. Yeah, and then Scott Johnson is also head of the academy. I think he's system? head of the academy system. So. What what in that role do we know what is actual um what he was sort of tasked with within that sort of top role? So I think his key things is meant to be he's in charge of player acquisitions and player contracts at sort of an SRU level. Okay. Uh, he's so responsible for the new academy that they've got, so the BT Academy where they've got the people on those sort of levels okay. of development contracts. Which to be fair well, let's, let's judge him on the... Is there anything else? And, and then we can judge him on his the, individual sort of um, performances. And coaching development. It was one of his sort of priorities. So if you sort of look at player development, coaching development, and contracts. Okay, so let's take contracts to start with. He will have had something to do with the new Stuart Hogg deal, mm -hmm. which I think we all broadly agreed was worthwhile. Yeah, that was definitely a sort of a big SRU-led deal rather than just Glasgow. Yeah. Um... um Presumably, that means he was also in charge of the sort of um, well Watson maybe 
Hamish Watson, which has recently just been done. Again, we think it's a pretty decent bit of business. What about sort of fine acquisitions, like finding players? Is he well, was there not a lot of chat that, that Hugh Jones gave that sort of Scott Johnson was the one, was the one that was really tapping him up yeah, and trying and to bring him on board? Convinced him to come um, and, and declare for Scotland. And to be fair, I know result. that he's probably overseen quite a few project players as well, but I don't think that was his idea. That's like a sort of thing that's been going on for, well, for a while, I for think. For ages, yeah. But I suppose he's brought through some, some pretty good ones, like... Cornell Dupria, that might have been quite a lot down to Alan Solomons because he'd coached him before. Yeah. Um, Alan just, Dell has done okay. With all these things, right. I just wonder how much Scott Johnson's got to do with it. It's very hard to tell. I think I, I just don't, it doesn't seem... He's been since, because obviously he's like, he's that kind of character. He's quite flamboyant and, and brash and out there. So when he was coach, he was very much, he was very visible. Whereas now you don't really hear much about him, which is maybe a good thing. You know, neither seen nor heard. He's just we don't getting much, on with the job. The last time there was a big flare-up was when there was discussions about mothballing the Scotland 7 squad. Oh, yeah. And, and there was an awful lot of people saying, let's take your salary and keep the 7s team. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Ian Morrison guy said it in the BBC. He was like, let's get rid of Scott Johnson and keep the 7s, which is a very well, fair shot. He, he is like a dividing figure. I mean, we put out just before we came on air a tweet saying we were going to be discussing Scott <laughs> Johnson and literally, immediately... Like immediately, we had a couple of responses. Let me just find these. Um, While you're finding it, I think he, with, with the sevens thing, supposedly they played some tournament. They'd done very well in it. Or no, they were about to play a sort of bowl final or something. And yeah. he, he came into the changing room, and he basically said, "Sorry, guys, but you're going to be out yeah. of a job after this." Yeah, I remember. Cheers, that. mate. Thanks and a I lot. Who I, who are you? Who are you to come in and say that? Yeah, I think that that's really what sticks in off people's minds, and also the, the quite drab rugby we we played under him. But Fee, uh, Fiona Hunter, she's very active, big supporter of ours, so thanks a lot, uh, a lot, Fee. What has Scott Johnson actually been up to? F all, but he probably gets paid loads. Can I have his job? <laughs> I think send your CV in, who knows? Yeah. Maybe we can do something for you there. Um, and also, a chap called Words Never Read, who has a startling resemblance to Victor Meldrew, said... <laughs> um, so what's um, he been up to? Watching Bake Off and learning to do the hokey-cokey in time to the music. A total waste of money. <laughs> I think that's my favourite tweet that we've received. That's absolutely brilliant. So I, I don't know. Though. So Okay, so on player contracts and things like that, there have been some recent good signings. And you could say that getting the huge sums of money for Nakawara by Glasgow last, uh, last summer was a good bit of business. Same for... Um, Matawalu. Yeah. Dave Denton, I think the SRU got paid pretty handsomely from uh, Bath for him to go. Yeah. But is that, I mean, I don't know. Is it I, Scott Johnson or is that Mark Dodson who sits at the top of these? This is the thing, right? As you can say, so from like a. He's like a myth. You got. <laughs> yeah, I know. We don't know. You got, if, if you were saying, let's look at player development and look, look at player contracts, you'd be like, oh, great. Scott Johnson has done a very good job. But it's just impossible to really see sort of how much he's done. I mean, he must be looked on very highly. You don't go sort of assistant coach, then promote to head coach, and then promote to director of performance rugby without being seen in quite very high regard throughout the SRU. And, he, and he's been sort of taken along by... He was he was an, uh, an assistant to Eddie Jones at one point, was he not? Yeah, I mean, he's been... Co- and, yeah, and Graham Henry at Wales. So, yeah, I think he... Top rugby Grand, names Grand quite Slam, like him. Grand Slams under him as assistant coach, I think. Like... Maybe not, in fact. But no, I think that people quite like him. I think the the other point we're talking about is 
coaching development and that's if you're putting pinning it all on him that's yeah. probably an area that he's failed in but i don't actually think that's his fault i think there's like structural issues within the the coaching side of things that means that people are reluctant to give scottish coaches a yeah you a know fair, a chance a because i mean it's things like we tweeted about it before but clark laidlaw the guy who sort of coached borders guys coached through assistant coach of the hurricanes assistant coach in london irish and then you think you can get him in the system and then the new zealand sevens team appointed was the head coach that just seems like a complete opportunity missed um it really does but as i said i wouldn't pin the blame on him for that so what are we saying here we, we like scott johnson i mean i can't believe it but i, that's I don't maybe know. the line but it's hard to tell what he's been doing so but i guess the point is have scotland got better over the last two or three years since he has been in that role Yes. Yes. Have more young players come into the Scotland setup, which are now making an impact at international level. Yes. Yes. Have we done some decent business in terms of monetizing assets, i.e., players? Yeah. <laughs> this is really annoying. I don't. I mean, I, I hate Scott Johnson. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's got anything. To, I think we've done that. <laughs> What's what? Oh, fuck. Regardless. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of Scott Johnson, rather than because of Scott Johnson. Yeah, I, I've been minded to, to see, but he's just, he is just like the man behind the curtain. Nobody has seen him. When I was doing a little bit of research for this, I typed in his name into just like Google News. There's nothing. So since he's become director of performance rugby, I saw he done sort of one very limited interview with sort of Scrum Magazine. And outside of that, he seems to have just kept quiet and he's just sort of working behind the scenes, which is a good thing, I think. I, I as you said, he's a very sort of polarizing yeah, sort of if character. I was director of comms and and I'd been told this guy's doing this job, but he's actually gonna he's actually doing good at it, I would just be like, keep him out of the um, keep him out of the yeah. limelight. Let the actual work do do the talking. No, definitely. Because I remember I used to hate his press conferences when he was Scotland coach. Yeah, he he used to just get it all wrong. He used to pretty much openly say that he didn't think players were very good, and it's just like I really just thought it was awful for for morale. And yeah. I was happy to see the back of him. But I mean, if those are the if those are the points in his contract, and I, uh, without sort of really detailed knowledge about what's going on behind the scenes, you've got to say he's possibly doing a good job. Yeah, I suppose the, the thing that sort of sticks a bit with me is that he sort of has got the job quite randomly. Like it wasn't as if yeah, you know, the SU were like this guy is a great like director of performance rugby. That's his background you know, et cetera, et cetera. It was like, let's give this quiet guy a bit of a coaching gig. And then he seems to have convinced them that he's, you know, the one for the job rather than them going out and finding someone. So yeah, true. I think as your head of performance rugby, I think you need to have someone who's like, you know, been doing that job for a long time and sort of understands the game. Yeah. Um, but I've heard as well that he does, he makes a big effort to like go and watch club rugby on a Saturday and stuff. Like he makes himself visible. Um, Good. So well, I guess if, you, if you've seen Scott Johnson, let us know. If you know what he's up to, let us yeah. know. We're, we're, it's all guesswork here. The guy is silent. and is, is it, But, you know, Scott can keep getting better. So I don't want to give him the credit for that. Though. No, I, we I can't do that. No. Let's say the jury's out on Scott Johnson. Jury's Let, let's sell it that conclusion. way and say we refuse, refuse to give him yeah. the credit for yeah. it because there must be other people doing it better. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, great. Um, how are you feeling, guys? Wrapping yeah, good. Up? Yeah, I think that's... All from me, yeah. I think we're done. Discussion. We'll be good back. weekend of Scottish rugby, actually. Yeah, really good. We've got a good few weeks coming up as well. We've got Edinburgh, the first game at Myerside, the return leg, for, oh, the return match for Glasgow down at Leicester next weekend. And then Six Nations is right over the, uh, right over the horizon. Exciting yeah. times. Three weeks away. Three Boom. weeks away.
So we'll get the uh, the squad will be out on Wednesday. We'll do some tweeting and things like that. Keep following us at Thistle Rugby Pod. Um, find us on the Acast um, podcast app or on iTunes. Please, if you do have a chance, if you like what we're doing, get on there. Leave us a review. We'll read them out. We love hearing from you, so please do it. But for now, have a rest of a great Sunday, guys, and we'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Have a great week, guys. Thanks very much. See you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.